Hello and welcome to a, a sort of combination TARDIS tropes and talking tropes. Uh, today we're celebrating Christmas. It's a little bit late, but we're, you know, we're a little bit late. Uh, and we're talking about Doctor Who Christmas specials. I'm David. I'm Hannah. And we've got a special guest with us today. Hey, I'm Victor. Hi, Victor. Welcome back. Hi. <laughs> Anyone who's listened to all of our TARDIS tropes, Doctor Who recaps, uh, knows Victor, but this is your first time, if you're watching the video podcast, seeing him, uh, in the flesh. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we, we all love Doctor Who Christmas specials, don't we, folks? Oh, yeah. They're, they're the best. Um, we, we rewatched all of them for this so our veins are just pulsing with pure doctor who christmas energy and and before we get into you know our own personal rankings for them and uh ranking them on their christmasness and their britishness i i did want to say i noticed that there's sort of like two speeds of doctor who christmas episodes there's either it's all christmas like it's it's just about christmas or we're changing doctors, and so it's all about that. <laughs> like, those are the two main sort of, like, like world-shattering and Christmas. That's a, that's a particular categorization. Victor, I think you have a different divide, a different 50-50 split. Well, well, cause I, so I came into this already being asked to analyze these from Christmas and Britishness. <laughs> but it seems to me, like, there are episodes where just, like, the Christmas element of it is, like, not very important at all. Like, it's just, like, a Doctor Who episode, and there's, like, a robot Santa. Right. But those episodes... <laughs> tend to be extremely British to make up for it. Whereas uh, the other the other episodes are more Christmassy and just like, they, they might very well, like they are British, but I think because so much of Christmas like lore is British, like it doesn't stand out as much to me. Whereas when it's just like, contemporarily British as opposed to like Victorianly British. It, it's just like, yeah, why why is there a scene of, of Wilfred just standing in front of two Union Jacks and saying like, God bless the Queen, but... Uh, <sighs> So we thought that the best way to really celebrate Christmas this year when we unfortunately, again, for the third year running, have no Doctor Who Christmas special, uh, that we would go through the the unbroken chain of 13 straight years of Doctor Who Christmas specials. I mean, it was a staple and they just got rid of it like that yeah. because we missed a year in the transition between Moffat and Chibnall. David, it's New Year's now. Now it's New Year's, whatever. We can have both. We can have a New Year's special and a Christmas special. Who cares? Me, me and David discussed this before recording and we came to the conclusion that Chibnall hates Santa Claus because he only ever got coal for Christmas and so that's why he's, <laughs> he's determined to destroy the Doctor Who Christmas special. Oh my gosh, I love it. The deep metal lore of Doctor Who. <laughs> um, Alright, so so we're just going to go in chronological order. Uh, you know, starting in 2005. Yeah, and we'll say where we, where we rank this among the Christmas specials, and we're going to give it a rating of Christmasness on a scale of one to five Christmas trees, and Englishness <laughs> on a scale of one to five cups of tea. <laughs> gotta know how british this doctor who episode truly is yeah because they, they tend to be even more british than your average doctor who uh episode it's true they do they uh, do they sort of relish in the national pride aspect of it which just makes you think like um you know we don't have that same kind of relationship with our christmas uh stories do we celebrating i mean nationalism yeah you don't see the grinch standing in front of an american flag saluting the american <laughs> flag and yeah. saying we love our 
troops. But there's me. It's 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 the like capitalism of America that is Christmas, you know. Right. Well, see, the, that's the thing is that we've made consumerism our our national religion. Right. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's go back in time to 2005. <laughs> we were in the throes of the Second Iraq War. Uh, George Bush was president, and Doctor Who had just come back, and and fanboys rejoiced. Uh, fanboys and girls alike. Tumblr was going wild. Yeah. Uh, and we and we had just had a huge finale where all the Daleks attacked, and Rose Tyler got all the powers of God and destroyed them with the snap of her fingers. And then the Doctor regenerated, which everyone was like wondering, when is that going to happen? And it happened right then. And then immediately we go into something, something phenomenal, a Christmas special. The Christmas invasion. The Christmas invasion. Where do we rank this one, folks? This one comes in at uh, my number five. And I think a lot of that is nostalgia based, but I just enjoy the shit out of this. I'm right there with you. I have this ranked number four. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have this ranked number nine. Whoa. Far down the list for Victor. But my, my middle is pretty flexible. <laughs> sure, sure. I really just have strong opinions about the, the top three and the bottom three, really. But the, yeah, this one, it's it's okay. It's just like, I think it, the last act is really where it shines. Like, up the buildup is pretty bad. It's for, like, for me personally, it's just like not that engaging. The doctor's out of it most of the time. The elements of it that are Christmassy are just like really surface level stuff where it's like robot Santa and robot killer Christmas trees and stuff. But robot killer Christmas tree. Like, come on. Like, I don't know. It's fun. I, I definitely like it more than most of the Russell ones. I would say it's on the higher end of the Russell ones for me. Yeah, that's true for me as well. It's the highest ranked uh, Russell Christmas special for me personally. I just, I do like once once the Doctor actually does show up, he does really make a great first impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he sword fights with a, you know, with an alien on top of a spaceship. Not very Christmassy, no. but extremely British. This, <laughs> you know, this knightly sword fight. And then he's wearing, you know, a, a you know, a, a nightgown and he, um, I don't know, he meets with the prime minister who then fires a prime minister laser beam into the sky. That's great. He's literally also like awoken by the power of tea. Like, yeah. The <laughs> but I, I think the the thing that makes this the, so British that is, I think maybe a lot of people will miss out on is the Margaret Thatcher reference, which is like the whole like, don't you think she looks tired is a reference to Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. And it's like, that's such a central point of the episode that I think Americans won't get, but that's so British. That it's just so British that you won't even know it if you don't know that. <laughs> is it saying that, like, Margaret Thatcher didn't get her due because <laughs> the doctor sowed doubt in the minds of sexist people? I don't know. From my understanding, it's just that Margaret Thatcher, when she was finally, like, let go, I, I don't know, like, when she finally left, stopped being prime minister, like, there was a lot of, like, things, people saying that she looked tired and that, like, she should right. step down and stuff like that. What about her health? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. about her health? And so, like, I think it's a... But also... Can we talk about this? Because the implication is that, like, the doctor either has, like, such a great hypnotic ability that he can dethrone someone by just, like, planting, like, a single idea in, like, one guy. Or, the way I choose to interpret it, is the doctor is deeply embedded in the deep state and has, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> orders to, to to remove any single uh, head of state upon command. They're just like a code phrase that he has oh to give God. in order for it to be called into action. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to be like, you know, anyone, if you if you raise the question of someone's health, it, that question can never be put down. It can never be <laughs> silenced. It's like just a, a, na- 
gag in question. Right. And because I think it is just a reference to Margaret Thatcher and they didn't really consider the <laughs> Doctor Who superpower, uh, you know, implications. Right. Of it. So so how many how many cups of tea is this? Is it five? Is it a full five for you? I, I gave it a full five. Wow. The Margaret Thatcher. The Margaret Thatcher thing really took it over the top for me. And the tea. Oh, and the, the tangerine in the pocket because uh, it's, Christmas. it's Christmas and British people have fruits from Santa or something. I don't know. I'm not British. They love tangerines on Christmas. Yeah. It's too British for us Americans to even truly understand. You can't even um, comprehend right. the Britishness we're talking about here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think because I didn't quite comprehend how British it was, I only gave it four cups of tea. I didn't give it the full five. Just because, like, I don't know. I guess it did have the Prime Minister in it, though. Maybe it should be a full five. It had this whole, literally the UK designated themselves, apropos of nothing, as... <laughs> The, <laughs> the diplomats to the stars yeah. for a, a, you know a, a bunch of guys who were literally taking everyone on the planet and making them jump off a cliff. Yeah, uh, yeah. at least that's what they thought. A third of all human life, uh, everybody who has this blood type, we're all on rooftops ready to jump, and uh, just like reg- random prime minister. Imagine if you know. <laughs> Boris Johnson was in charge (laughs) of aliens. It doesn't make Uh, any sense. (laughs) Or any one leader, really. Um, David, what did you rank it for Cups of Tea? I I have it at a full five. I thought thought that worked for me. Uh, And then Christmasness, I had, you know, just a a three, about middling. We've got these pilot fish, which are, they describe them as pilot fish by using, so they don't really have a name, I don't think, but they're like, it's like a metaphor that they're like fish that swim out in front of sharks to try and eat food before the sharks get there or something and uh they're robots that just dress up like santa and like uh and like the christmas tree because they're trying to they're trying to eat the doctor they're trying to eat the is that what they're doing they're trying to eat the doctor no no they're they're scout they're scouting ahead like they show up first like the fish are show up before the sharks and then the sharks come but what I'm saying is, what are they trying to get? Because they said that they're following the doctor's, like, regeneration burps. Mm. But, like, what are they getting out of that? Do they eat the burps? Do they suck on the doctor's face? <laughs> they just want to smooch They it. just want to shoot people with a cannon that looks like a trombone. Yeah. And then they want to uh, they want to spin a Christmas tree really fast to scare Jackie Tyler for no reason. It's great. <laughs> I, gave, I gave this one a 2 out of 5 on Christmas Enos just because it, like, it feels so arbitrary. It's just in the monster design, mostly, like how they do right. the Christmas scene. So it's like, it doesn't Well, there's feel... also the snow at the end, remember? Yeah. It's snow, but it's not really snow. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. actually disintegrated alien carcasses. Like, I, I think a three is definitely also fair. I just think it's just like, there is nothing about this episode that could not, with a minor rewrite, make it not Christmas, right? That's true. Right. Yeah. That's that's, that's entirely true. But, I mean, they, it started a tradition. Yeah. A tradition yeah, that would it, last... 13 years. <laughs> Until uh, until 2017, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what about uh, 2006? This is uh, after the season two finale where Rose disappears into another dimension. We get the Runaway Bride, the introduction of my girl Donna Noble. Boom, number six on my list, right under. <laughs> Right under Christmas Invasion. And also pretty much the start of, you know, guest stars being a big part yeah. of a little Christmas bit. specials. Yeah. yeah. Because Catherine Tate was, no one ever thought that she would be a regular on Campaign. the show. No. But she, she stood out and she didn't have a lot going on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but this was like, you know, she was like a big guest star. Like, oh, bring on a big comedy person from her sketch show. Right. Yeah. But that's. 
It's great. What did you rank this one, David? I gave this one uh, a seven out of thirteen. I, I thought uh, it just doesn't really doesn't really make me excited about uh, you know about season three it's so disjointed and it's it's kind of dark it's not a great episode it's just there's a lot of like campy bits that i enjoy yeah. but a lot of it's just kind of walking around yeah trying to get places a car chase you know kind of lame things the car chase is fun though the car chase is fun yeah like i think the, the this episode i i ranked it 10 out of 13 so it's right next to christmas invasion for me but i think it has the opposite problem where like the build-up is so fun and campy and like there actually is like a decent amount of like a romp to be had there mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. by the time you get to like the second half of the episode it starts drag- getting dragged down by the actual plot and like the spider lady just look bad like i know that's like a that's kind of an art <laughs> i think she looks amazing i don't know i don't think she looks I, that bad i i, I think th- I, I think there's like one of the more arbitrary criticisms within doctor episode because like every monster in doctor who looks terrible if you're, yeah. if you're being honest <laughs> right. and so it's just like why do people hate the absorb a lot but love uh i don't know like some other random monster and it's like it really just comes down to personal taste and preference but right but you don't like this design. Me personally, she she's she's a little too over the top, and I don't like yeah. the doctor. You know, spoiler alert, commits genocide on these people, <laughs> and I wish it had been done in a more with a more dramatic looking weapon than just like these floating balls that he's controlling <laughs> with like this RC, RC remote control. Oh, yeah, it was like a GameCube looking yeah, controller, and with like the little like antenna and everything. Like it looks like something they bought at Radio Shack because pro- they probably did. <laughs> um, we've got the same the same pilot fish uh robots which i guess are coming out in front of the spider lady this time but it seems like the the consistent thing with them isn't that they show up when there's a big alien invasion coming (laughs) but that they or when there's a regeneration it seems like they show up when it's christmas yeah that's they're christmas fish they're not pilot fish (laughs) what did you rank it hannah uh I, i already said i ranked this um this this one number seven or number six sorry right under uh, Christmas invasion for me oh, okay. mostly because the ending's just kind of sad. The ending is sad. I it it doesn't really it doesn't really make you feel joy of Christmas. No. It's just like we blew up the we blew up the the Christmas star with the spider in it and then we drowned all of her babies. Yeah, I and mean, I think the problem I have with this episode is like I think the first half is a fun Christmas special. Donna Noble is great in it. Uh, like there's a lot of fun to be had. And it, uh, I think the problem I have with it is that the second half is like a good doctor who story like the idea of like the doctor going too far is obviously like a classic trope that they play around with mm-hmm. and, and right, it's like, yeah. and like so in that regard it's like good but i don't like the particular execution because i don't like the, the spider lady and i don't like the weapon they use but also it's like yeah you're right that probably would have been a better story to tell in like the beginning of a season or something like that instead of or near like at some point in the season and address it more directly right like not as your christmas like special yeah i mean like the idea of like a, a woman being teleported onto the doctor spaceship on his wedding day and she's like this oblivious person who missed all the previous invasions of uh, of the UK um, and yeah I, I mean like she's a fun character and it's great that they brought her back and gave her more opportunity to be in better episodes and I do really like the Ragnos I, I have to say much more than you do Victor <laughs> I love it when she says eat you up I'll snick a snack yeah and I love it that she's like she's like always laughing at these uh, humans, but also like doing bits with them. Like when uh, yeah, when the guy's like gonna hit her with the axe. You're talking about yeah. He's, there's like a, he's sneaking up on her with the axe because you still think that the person that Donna was gonna marry is still like a nice guy. Um, but he he's sneaking up with an axe and then he goes, I'm ah, just kidding. They really thought we were <laughs> gonna, gonna fight, but they weren't. They were on the same side the whole time. But then she just eats him because. 
why not? Because why not? Or drops him down a pit, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So Christmasness for this one, I, I also gave it a three out of five for the Santa robots. Uh, no, wait, I, I sorry, I gave this one a, a, a one out of five because it doesn't even feel like it's winter time when they were filming it. I think they probably filmed it in like the summer. Yeah. Everyone's wearing like short sleeves and walking around outside. It's really sunny out. I gave it a two. Like it was a li- like a yeah. this because you know it's like the wedding Chris the Christmas wedding and I don't know. There there was like a little Santa here and there. It's more of a wedding episode than a Christmas episode is all. It's true. Yeah, I I, I gave it a two Christmas trees as well. Because it's just like this one, like everywhere they go, there is something to remind you that it is Christmas. Like they have like tinsel in like the taxi cab and stuff. Right. Right, yeah. But it's just like, it is all so... It's a service. Yeah, it's just like, they they were like, oh shit, we need to make this Christmas. Let's go (laughs) grab this box of Christmas supplies. Like they, they took a draft from, you know, some other yeah. <laughs> some other part of the season they were like fuck we'll throw some tinsel and now it's Christmas yeah uh, I gave it I gave it three cups of tea for Britishness just purely for Donna Noble she's very British in this well she's British but there's nothing particularly British about the events it's like okay yeah I, I put it as a two there's a Christmas star but that could be anywhere it's like come on they drain the Thames it takes place in London that's more yeah. Christmassy than some of or that's more British than like some of some these of you know, yeah. I mean, they all take place in like an English type place. Everyone speaks not always, not always Englishy, except for one. Not always. Yeah, not always. I don't know. I, I, I could be convinced to knock it down to a two, but I, I have it at a three because it at least takes place in Tar. London on Christmas, or not on Christmas. Well, it is on Christmas, but it takes place in London, and Donna Noble's very British. And they, and they drain the Thames. <laughs> they drain the bleeding Thames. <laughs> All right, moving on to 2007. This ain't 2006. This is 2007. <laughs> Voyage of the Damned. Woo! Uh, we have we have another guest star. I mean, we have some gu- several guest stars, but really the one that they marketed was was Kylie Minogue as this uh, servant on the Titanic. Titanic serving drinks who then falls for the doctor and then dies tragically because you can't get kylie minogue to do a full season of <laughs> doctor who not like Catherine tate there's a quick aside but i like how uh the guy who is wrong about every historical fact of like santa claus and like what christmas is is also the guy who's like doctor don't even bother saving her it's not you can't do it it's impossible and he's the doctor's like okay well all right i guess i'll just kiss her and then kill her <laughs> Oh no! A kisser, a kisser goes to then kill her because this guy who's wrong about everything. Yeah, wrong about everything. Told me that, that I can't save her. So well, he has a degree in earthonomics. But, yeah, it's uh, a bad but one. That doesn't mean that he's wrong about how teleports work. <laughs> uh, we talked about this one a lot when we were talking about like Russell T's bad writing tropes, which is just that he creates like a cast of quirky like side characters to just kill one <laughs> one after another to raise stakes. There's- so many characters in this one and they all like I don't care about any of them they're all the worst they're, they're all very bland it's, um, David where is this on your list this is ranked 11 out of 13 so right, right at the bottom really this is 13 out of 13 for me this is yeah, bottom this is, 13 out of, <laughs> like, this is 13 out of 13 for me as well could happily never watch this again you know I only <laughs> I had to watch this for the first time because of this episode. This is the only episode, this is one of two episodes of Doctor Who I have never been able to finish of the modern series. Wow! Voyage of the Damned and uh, Fear Her. Fear Her is now the only other episode I've never finished. 
But I, I, I watched all of Voyage of the Damned last night, and it's so bad. It's awful. There's nothing good about it. I mean, I, I ranked it a little bit higher just because of the brief, uh, the brief uh, Bernard Cribbins in his introdu- introduction as Wilf. Yeah, I and mean, that's the only good thing about it. There are a few jokes that work. There's a few really campy scenes that I just love because they're Camp. so ridiculous. You know, yeah. especially the villain who is a a talking head who's bald and has a mustache and yeah. a gold tooth, and he says, "My." name is Max. And then he winks. Yeah, and, and his, his tooth glows. tooth lights up. Yeah. And he's attached to, like, a fucking bulldozer that's, like, his body. Yeah. And so he's a cyborg. And there's also all these weird jokes about how people are, like, homophobes for cyborgs. Cyborg bigots. Yeah, yeah. On the planet where this, where this, these people come from. And I just find that to be somewhat interesting and entertaining. I mean, it, it's also just, like, the budget of the show did not allow for this kind of quality of Christmas special. Like, it's way too ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> and as a result, it looks like dog shit. It looks—it's yeah. the most aesthetically gross out of all the Christmas specials, I think. Like you're, you're right. Yeah, it's not like the big—the big open hall of the Sycorax ship. This is like yeah. tight corridors with like pieces of random metal just like toppled over, and then this awful CGI thing of the yeah. of the engine that people keep falling into, going. <laughs> And it looks about as good as the green screen that I'm in front of right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it looks like a Linkin Park music video at times. <laughs> that's a great, ex- oh that's a great description. But also, I don't like the cast of characters because it does feel like kind of like I don't think this was Russell's intention, but it does feel a little exploitative and gross. Like, yeah, yeah. it's basically like look at these poor fat people; they're so poor and fat. And then look at this little uh, person; he's red and has a funny voice. Isn't that funny? And a funny name. My name is Banakabalata. I am foreign. Yeah, and then all these people die also. Like, right. I also love the idea that like he's a cyborg who has an EMP. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> like, just that's, like... that's a terrible design choice for a cyborg. It's just like a bummer downer of a Christmas episode too because it takes right. place on a spaceship named after the Titanic. So we as viewers all know where this is going and it goes there so it doesn't even subvert. Well, no, it, it, I don't think that's, it doesn't actually end up sinking or crashing or whatever. It do save the ship. Well, it sort of crashes. I would say it's pretty bad. But most people die. <laughs> a lot of people die. But they're all killed by these these angel robots. Uh... Which are just recycled like <laughs> the Santa robots. <laughs> Right, except lamer. Max's plan was, like, to create, like, a huge disaster so that his company would get fucked, right? But, like, why does he have to be on the ship? Because right. his plan is just, like, stay in, like, the safe part of the ship and, like, have people come rescue him. But why even be on the ship? Is it just to avoid suspicion that he did it? Probably. I have no idea what the plan is. It makes no sense. There's no following it. And it fails because the doctor's like, I'm a stowaway, so you have to take me to yeah. the person who's in charge of the ship and so then they just do yeah the- and then he shows up and then kylie minogue on a on a forklift just goes and drives him off a cliff yeah killing both of them when she could have easily jumped off the forklift yeah the scene where the doctor talks to angels and not killing him because of like a loophole felt like very bugs bunny-esque to me like it's just like this is not a doctor it's webbit season yeah yeah it's just like <laughs> now it follows from this logic of yours that uh i'm not i'm not a passenger so you can't kill me <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like, mm, I think you are a passenger, even if you're a stowaway. Yeah. yeah. I think an advanced robot species would be able to more or less figure this out. Right. And then the ending where uh, where the doctor is, like, talking to the professor of earthonomics, and uh, and he's like, oh, man, it turns out only the rich asshole survived. Yeah, yeah. I guess you probably wish he died instead of your girlfriend, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's also, like, what, what's the implication I see? Was the doctor literally contemplating murdering him? Because it's just, like, the guy's like, well... <laughs> If you, but if you could decide who lived and died, you'd be a monster. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I shouldn't go murder this man right now. I guess it was just set up for the uh, the Time Lord Victorious years <laughs> yeah. later. Um. Yeah, it's all set up. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not a very good episode, is it? No. No, it's very bad. What about Christmasness? What did you give it? Uh, I gave it one Christmas yeah. tree. It's. Yeah, I gave it one out of five. It's not Christmassy at all. It's. It's not very Christmassy. Yeah, I mean, Wolf is kind of dressed up Christmassy, and he's he's like, oh, it's London on Christmas. Don't you know that's always when they the aliens invade? <laughs> and so it's sort of self-referentially yeah. sort of Christmassy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it is, uh, it has that, but Wolf is far more British than he is Christmassy. Yeah. That's true. And then the angels, I mean, that's sort of generic Christmas yeah, iconography. It's, it's like barely even Christmas, you know? Christmas, yeah. Like, it's not even Santa robot now it's mm. just angels and there's that moment where they say we've forgotten angels can fly <laughs> it's like you forgot that's their whole yeah. deal <laughs> it's a great moment um but then the flying looks like shit so what, yeah, do you, what can so. you do yeah they're just on cables like the wings don't even really move and, and it luckily turns out that like one of the members just happens to have an emp built into his body so. <laughs> right that's how they beat him um and then englishness what did you have for englishness i give it three five out of five. Oh shit it has the queen there's literally I'll the difference with four i i i, I knew that i was gonna give this a five out of five because as soon as i saw the scene there's this one scene like in the middle of the episode where wolf's introduced where it's the doctor and wolf are talking and wolford is standing behind two union jacks behind him and then he's like god bless the queen and then it cuts <laughs> to like buckingham palace and it's like the queen with her little dog and she's like we got to get out of here before the thing crashes <laughs> that's true i did that is true i i could bump this up to to a four or maybe even a five yeah it's just that like the source material of you know titanic and the source material of you know it, it, the the plot of the episode is a lot more like the poseidon adventure mm-hmm. where it's you know it's a bunch of yeah. people within the ship trying to escape is the titanic a british ship or is it american or there are a lot of british people on it because it was going from england it's going to america yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who owns it it's just like yeah it's pretty british but it's like yeah i don't know it's like you don't consider it like a famous story of British, yeah. Uh, yeah. British uh, hubris. It's just a famous story of human hubris. I think there's some very British moments, um, yeah, yeah. but I, I think you know, it's 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 not the most British thing on this list. No, I I think it, it might be the Queen. <laughs> they show a shot of the Queen, like and Wilfred <laughs> standing in two, if not one, but two Union Jacks, and like going like gold. Bless. You're really into these two two Union Jacks <laughs> because it's 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 like I, not one but two, and they're so big and right and you just wouldn't see that in an american christmas special i've never seen that <laughs> i could imagine that in an american christmas special i i mean it's very rare that I, i've seen anyone stand in front of two flags that are the same flag like usually they're one's one flag and the other's <laughs> if, like, unless you're the president of the united states unless you're like the prime minister or something i don't you usually limit your appearances to one flag is all i'm saying i don't know and I, and I, so i have a quick question because i'm not sure if this is this case these episodes like the russell ones right they're filmed for like the uh square aspect ratio right not widescreen oh i don't know i wasn't paying attention 
Because the one I saw it was zoomed in, and I couldn't tell if it's that it was shot widescreen or if it's that HBO Max just uh, zooms in so that it fills up the entire screen. Mm. And that might have also affected how how much these two flags impacted me because <laughs> they were taking up so much of the screen. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I'm not sure how HBO Max has been optimizing them. That's where I watched all of these episodes as well. Yeah. Now that this is an ad for HBO Max, sponsor us. Um, <laughs> should we uh, move on to 2008? Yeah. The next doctor. So uh, it's 2008. We've just elected the first uh, the first black president. Um, <laughs> the UK is experiencing something. I don't know. Uh, it's a recession. It's a recession for sure. And so we've we've decided to return to some Victorian values uh, in the next doctor. You guys are gonna make fun of me, I think, but I put this at number three. I, I'm not too far off. I have it number five. I really like this episode. Okay. I put it at number seven. I think it might be my highest. It's technically not my highest Christmas one, but I'm seriously doubting my own ranking here because I <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it soon. But yeah, I have. I have Next Doctor at number seven. It, it's the second highest Russell one I have on here. Okay. All right. Well, I, I have it as uh, <laughs> I have it as my second highest Russell as well behind Christmas Invasion. I like The Next Doctor. It's it's a load of fun. It's so fun. It's very self-referential, which I like. I yeah. like self-referential episodes. And we, of course, knew that The Doctor was going to be regenerating after the season. We, we didn't know how many specials he had left. We knew he was going yeah, yeah. to be leaving the show and that Matt Smith was going to be... Or maybe we didn't know it was Matt Smith yet. But we knew there was going to be a new doctor and and so you know i mean me like watching this on netflix back in like 2012 or something like i knew that it had to be soon but i was like when is it gonna happen and then we see this guy it's like that's not matt smith who is that this is the next doctor uh this this random guy and and no it wasn't. He was a brainwashed guy with a dead wife and child fighting Cybermen in Victorian London, and it's glorious. But, like, he's so earnest. Yes. Like, I, you gotta love this guy, you know? You yeah, feel bad yeah. for him, but he's so earnest. Yeah, someone so unapologetically, like, yes, quick, to the TARDIS. It stands for <laughs> a hot air balloon. <laughs> made of tarp <laughs> it's it is fascinating uh and just like fun as you know a, a viewer of the show to sort of go through um you know it, it's basically like if your dad suddenly thought he was the doctor <laughs> and was like running around yes. your house being like ah hop in my tardis it's a cardboard box and some two by fours i found in the garage yes. and you're like okay dad like that's the whole energy of it the plot itself is whatever it's not particularly great it's not what it's not what you're supposed to yeah. be focused on. This woman who is yeah. like a woman scorned. She hates uh, Victorian men because I think maybe she was uh, she was mistreated by them. She may, maybe was a former prostitute. I don't I don't know. It's unclear. She gets in a giant robot suit and has her brain wiped, but somehow is like takes control of all the Cybermen in the world because she's a woman scorned. Yeah. and then marches a giant robot around uh, downtown London. I mean, this episode has a lot of fun stuff in it i don't think the villain is the best part of it no no i think that's that's really what holds the episode back from being like a great yeah. episode yeah. i think like because the the doc like it's a lot of fun the doctor is fun the idea of like steampunk victorian cybermen is in should be fun i don't think it totally <laughs> nails the landing but right. i think it's a fun idea uh and yeah just like the like the troll of like trolling your audience and being like well you know the doctor is regenerating is this could be the next doctor could be it. Like, <laughs> and are we meeting the next companion as well like <laughs> rosita uh she's great <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. uh it's just a shame that 
um, that the villain was so so lackluster. But what about Christmasness? I thought this was uh, a fairly Christmassy episode. I'd say you know two or three Christmas trees yeah. out of uh, out of five. I give this one a four, but mainly just because it, it like looks Christmassy throughout because it's always snowing. It's like right. Victorian. Like these are these are very Christmassy settings. See that that to me like the Victorianness of it was more British to me than necessarily like Christmassy. Sure, but it just the snow. I mean the the winter. The snow, yeah. It feels very very British. Britishy, but also very Christmassy. I I gave it a three. I, I like I'm I'm between. I give it a two point five. You know, right. I was going between a two and a, a three, so I, I settled on two point five. Yeah, I, I gave it a four just because like throughout it does look like a Christmas special. Like at least what I think of as a Christmas special. Whereas like sure. some of the other Russell ones, it just like very much just happens to be set in the summer in London in a <laughs> yeah, shopping yeah, yeah, district. Yeah, like, so... Or underground, or in a spaceship that's just a bunch of tunnels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this one looks like the kind of location where you would set a Christmas story. That's true. Uh, but at the same time, it's like the plot has nothing to do with Christmas. There's no, no it doesn't. It doesn't. There's no Santa robots here. They're just regular robots, and they don't look uh, Christmassy at all. So I, I also gave it a four cups out of five on Britishiness. It's also very. British. I gave it five cups of tea. This felt full British to me. Right. All the top hats. <laughs> just really make it so it's yeah. and it's in victorian london so yes. like that's an automatic three right there you know yeah 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 there's a lot of victorian london in these coming up yeah La- the last uh the last thing i'll say about this episode is just that i love the fake out of the fob watch yeah where he's got a watch that he won't open but but it's not a fob watch that's making him human it's just the thing that ties him to his dead child and and wife which are ah oh, so tragic it's it's so good <laughs> Misdirect. All right. Next in 2009, it's technically part one of a two-parter. Woo! The end of time part one. Yes. So this this came out on Christmas, and then apparently there was a five-day wait for the conclusion because part two came out on New Year's. So that was technically the first New Year's special before Chris Chibnall ever tried to do uh, resolution. <laughs> But uh, but this is uh, Russell's last Christmas special. After doing like an Easter special and then just like a random November special. Yeah. Uh, this was the year of Doctor Who movies. Right. There was no season. It was just movies. Yeah, specials. Yeah. Yeah, and they were they were basically just like episodes. I mean, they weren't like longer. I don't think they really? were. No, they're they're longer. They're yeah. like a little over. They're At like... least an hour, if not more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they just most of them just felt like regular episodes. I mean, like Planet of the Dead to me, it's like that is just a random Russell episode. It could have been, did not need to be Easter. Right. <laughs> yeah, it probably would have been better if it had been shorter. It would have made it snappier. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, uh, Mars, the uh, Waters, Waters of, of Mars. Mars. Again, it's like, it's like a, it's a good Russell episode, but it's just a Russell episode. Right, but, but so far we've been doing, you know, a year of goodbyes to David Tennant. And yeah. this is, this is the real with, one, though. With so many, like, yeah. guest stars, guest stars in each one. Yeah, yeah. And this one had, uh, you know, some guesty stars, too, I guess, in the form of the Master coming back, uh, and Wilf coming back. Yeah. Uh, all, all, all of our fan favorites i guess and then i'm sure there were some other actors in the background that uh british people would recognize that i definitely don't yeah, yeah. Um, but yes the the end of time where does it fall on your list david six out of 13 i think it's still pretty good wow. i think it still holds up victor where is it on your list five out of 13 it's the highest ranking russell christmas special it's a fun 
episode with even with Skeletor. Yeah, it is fun. I rewatched it and I was surprised. I hated this episode for a long time, and now I like it. <laughs> I I have it at number twelve. Wow. I still do not like it. It's it's ugh, it's just the worst of Russell, just scraping the bottom of the barrel and like patting himself all over the back and being like, "I'm so beloved and edgy. And this doctor's so angsty." And I just I I well that's that's, that's largely part two. I mean, like the I guess he's already angsty in the first part because yeah, it's in part one. Yeah, because he's th- talking about dying and stuff. But that's just tenant. I mean, like that's just an essential part of the character. Yeah. But and, like, but I hate this ending for the character because it wasn't so much. It wasn't this. This is like overdramatic teenager angst levels. You know. No, but he, like tenant is a like the tenth doctor is the most annoying and angsty out of all the doctors. <laughs> like I like him. I, he's one of my favorite doctors. He's but. Great. He's, oh my gosh! Like the, I think I think I think the bigger problem with it is just like Russell couldn't decide. Like I I don't think he ever fully decided whether he wanted the character to be like how morally ambiguous he wanted the character to be. Because mm. like the tenth Doctor fluctuates so much between being literally Jesus and being just like this selfish, pretentious like prick, right? Like and it happens all the time. Yeah. I think that leads to a really interesting character. Like if you want to interpret, like if you want to actually make sense of it, I think you can. Like he is yeah. a multi-dimensional character. I just don't think that's how Russell was writing him at the time. He just didn't think about that the disconnect between those two factors. Yeah, I mean, you knew he was going to be angsty about his his transformation because As much. He, in the previous, like, season finale, he literally poured all of his energy into a hand and then sent it off to marry his ex-girlfriend <laughs> because he was yeah, so yeah. upset about changing his face. Right, I know, but I don't have to agree with that decision or enjoy it. Right. Like, and this is, so it's number 12 for me. <laughs> and and I, I love Wilf, but, like, Wilf is, is wonderful, but then the whole, like, Donna's here, but not really here. Just like makes me more sad about all the Donna. Right. That's a that's a shame. Yeah. That's a waste of your Catherine Tate. But what I love about this episode is the Master and the resolution of the Master's arc, where he's resurrected from the dead using like dark voodoo magics, which is great. And then he ha- has lightning bolt hands, and he's like a Super Saiyan, but he's also Skeletor. And then he jumps into a magic uh, toaster that turns everyone in the world into him, the Master Race. Yeah. I mean, does it get any more Russell big time finale vibes like, than that? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the thing to me is just like when I, when I and this like in general, like my shift on this episode has been a shift on my feelings about the Russell era because I used to really be a total Moffat fan, and now I I think the Matt Smith era has aged pretty badly. <laughs> uh, and I think I think the uh, Russell era is the exact same way it's always been, which is just can't be like TV garbage. Mm-hmm. But God damn, does he? go out with a bang yes. like this episode is crazy it's fucking bananas <laughs> it's like you're bringing back the time lords you're bringing yeah. back the master you're bringing back skeletor <laughs> you didn't even know skeletor had to be brought back yeah and you've got wilfred with these like heartfelt speeches with the doctor and talking about like yeah. whether it's morally right to take a life to save your own and he's like i can never use a gun to save my own skin he's like you take this yeah. doctor i love you doctor it's very british <laughs> It's wonderful and and adorable, and Wilfred is the best companion. I will hear nothing else. Yeah, I, I, I love Wilfred. <laughs> I love me Wilfred. <laughs> and uh, and I don't know, like if if Moffat never touched the Time War again, like if this was the final word on the Time War, I would have been satisfied. Like it is mm-hmm. a a strangely revelatory and 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 succinct summation of Russell T's stance on 
what the doctor's relationship to Gallifrey was and the difficult decisions he had to make. Uh, it was great. But it's, it's also it's also just, it is a damn good conclusion to the Russell era in terms of like, it, it touches upon like a lot of the stuff that he made, like the time war, the, the master, like it, it's, it, it does like kind of con- like tie up, maybe not nicely, maybe you don't like the way it is, but it does at least tie up those loose ends and like it, 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 the Russell era is, is done. Yeah. So Christmasness, how Christmassy is it? Uh, I gave it a... One... <laughs> Two, if only because Wilf really brings it with the Christmas and for me. Yeah, I, I gave it a three just because of Wilfred's antler things that he wears. Like. <laughs> right, like, they're incredible. They're very good. That's not enough for me. You need a Christmas-based plot to really get me to give you those Christmas trees. He's got the Christmas cheer. Yeah. And then what about Englishness? I gave it four cups of tea because it's quite... For, just for Wilf? No, not just for Wilf. Like, I don't know, just the, the, the prime minister people and oh i guess that's more part two though isn't it i mean the prime minister is not even really like a major character in this one it's the president who gets it's the president that's right it's barack obama has a plan to solve the economic uh, crisis and it gets deleted from his head and that's their in-universe explanation for why obama sucks so bad at getting us out of the recession it's a good thing no one wrote that down anywhere. Like he just had the the answer in his head. But well, well, what I do, what I do like about that episode is one. Uh, in terms of Britishness, I, I, yeah, I think it's pretty standard Doctor Who. I don't think it's especially British. I'd give no. it like I think I, I, I gave it two. But uh, in terms of 08ness, how how much it it's it gets a perfect five. It gets a perfect five out of 08ness. Oh wow! What would you give? What, what would if we did Christmas trees, cups of tea? What would what would you what would be the the symbol for rating it out of two? How many hopes? How many how many hopes? Hopes and change. <laughs> hope and change posters. It gets it gets a five hope and change posters. But what I like about it so much is I do like this throwaway line. There's these homeless people that get eaten by the master and before they're talking, they're yeah. like, you're about Obomo and how he's going to fix the entire economy. And, and the guy's like, well, I bet we're going to be left out of the recovery. And it's like, Russell knows. He gets it. And of course, you know, in that same scene, you know, if you know, I like the spider lady saying, eat you up, I'll snick a snack. You know, I'm going to love John Sim just being like, mm, I love the grease and the grime and the hum- Yeah. <laughs> when he's talking about eating people. And then and then uh crap, what's his what's his name? Timothy Dalton, is that his name? Yeah. The guy who plays that's him. As Rassalon. He's yeah, he's great in that role. Yeah. Absolutely. And great guest star. You know. He's he's a former yeah. Bond, right? Was he a Bond? He's got a Bond. I don't, I don't think know. so. But, but he's a, definitely got gravitas. Yes. Yeah, Timothy Dalton was a Bond. Oh, shit. Uh, so that's that's some Britishness right there. Boom. All right. There you go. <laughs> Moving on. 2010, the first the first uh, Moffat Christmas special. And boy, does he really, he's feeling himself on this one. <laughs> this is a Christmas carol. Where do you have this rag, Tana? This is my number one. <laughs> it's behind me. Victor? <laughs> this, is, this is my number one as well. This is my number one as well. Yes! Yes! Vindication! Yes! We are all in agreement for this one. <laughs> oh my god. A rare a rare event. Three Doctor Who fans agree agreeing on, on an episode. <laughs> right. I mean, we, we, we've been pretty close on most of them. I don't think there's been any, like, huge discrepancies, but, but A Christmas Carol is just the best Christmas special in Doctor Who history. It's perfect. I mean, just to start off with Christmasness and Englishness, it is five five Christmas trees and five cups of tea. I, I would agree. I, I put it as five five. No question. Oh yeah. And it's also but I also think it scores a five out of five on Doctor Who-ness. Like, it's also just like it is an optimistic episode. It is like an episode about, like, 
like people yep. changing and like mm, yeah. good things. And it's also just, you know, it's a retelling of a classic Christmas story, but to in a Doctor Who framework and it works really well. It's got the wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's sort of the Christmas story, uh, as as Hannah and I explored in when we talked about Christmas specials in America. All of the American Christmas specials happen to be centered around uh the Dickens tale uh of, of redemption and not all but but many learning to be more generous and giving and resolving your your childhood traumas through through Christmasness. <laughs> Right, right. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if there's too much to say about this one, honestly, because it's just so perfect, but... Go watch it. Yeah, we take the, the Christmas Carol story and then put it through Doctor Who, and he doesn't just, yeah, like, yeah. copy-paste. You know, a lot of the, the Christmas Carol parodies that you see in America are just copy-paste. Right. But this was really like, well, okay, we're going to do the, the Ghost of Christmas Past. If it's Doctor Who, he's going to really go into the past of the Scrooge character, mm-hmm. played by Michael Gambon, of all people uh who's just fantastic yeah. in this role one of yeah, yeah one of the good. best performances in a doctor who episode from a guest star oh man what, what else do you guys have to say about it like yeah it's a fantastic episode uh, go watch it if you have it <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think this is also some of like matt smith's doctor at his best you know yeah 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 right like he in terms of like total off the wall like energy this was totally up there i think this sparked a lot of like really iconic lines at least uh on tumblr at the time from what i remember <laughs> they were pretty iconic yeah um you know it's and there's just weird off the wall stuff, yeah you know, the kind of stuff you would expect in like a russell special yeah, flying yeah. sharks yeah why not it's it's on an alien planet it's doctor who you don't have to follow the logic of the original story right and, and the thing with matt smith being so good in this one is that i think it's like right at that sweet spot where it's like he, he's coming off season five where i think it's his strongest like season as an actor and it's before he gets totally flanderized in the later seasons and so it's like he he can be wacky and goofy like he's he's hanging out with Marilyn Monroe and marrying her or whatever but he's also <laughs> right. like, has a lot of gravitas right. to him and like there's that dimension of it and it's not just like oh out like completely like destroying the character yeah yeah he's got that wise old man in a young man's body <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and I love I love what they did with the ghost of Christmas present where it's you know it's Amy and Rory as holograms showing him what's who's going to die because of him yeah, yeah. And, and it's sort of like a tiny Tim moment except for it's 4,000 people in a spaceship crashing to earth <laughs> so kind of even worse than tiny tim <laughs> you know right if you can even comprehend something being worse than tiny tim <laughs> and and i love the i love all the stuff that they do with like the theming of the the skies and taming the skies and so it never snows on this planet because they've locked all the ice crystals in the stratosphere and and it's always cloudy and dim and grim and it's so victorian yeah, yeah. steampunk and the aesthetic right. it's a gorgeous looking episode yeah very well shot and I, I just love the character arc of like this abused child who has to overcome his abuse to be less of a xenophobic miserly jaded old man right and and even like introducing love into his life doesn't fix him immediately like just giving him a girl that he likes is not enough to resolve all that tension it's not until he really confronts his child the drama that he he overcomes it and, and i think that unlike the russell christmas specials moffat is actually makes like not always but when he does a good one or at least i think he attempts to actually say something about christmas like at the <laughs> the concept itself and the holiday itself it's not just something that a dark story that happens to take place on christmas yes. it's like 
Yeah. Okay, what is special about Christmas? And like in this one, it's the sentimental thing of like, they will have Christmas Day together and that is enough. Like just the idea that they have one more day together and it happens to be Christmas and like that's like the magic of the, the thing. Like that that's like, and it is a nice sentiment. It is very Christmassy. Right. A- unlike anything we've seen during the Russell Letters where it's just like robot Santas and stuff. This one is yeah. a true Christmas special. Like, right. Right. And it's the darkest, shortest day, but right. it's the most joyous, bright day. I love that. Yeah. 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 Why? Why do we, like? It's like in the in the in the the, the middle of the darkness, humanity has to make something about brightness, and that's why the explanation of like why does this alien planet have Christmas? Like, it's a universal. Right. Because every <laughs> alien planet would have Christmas on their winter solstice. They just wouldn't do it. The idea of celebrating during the winter solstice is universal because it's so miserable, and so like right. it is about finding it's about finding the light in the dark. That is what Christmas is about. Is what yeah. his answer in right. that one is totally. It's just the best. I I give this one five out of five Christmas trees. It's just Christmas is integral to the plot. It's everywhere. It's all Christmas all the time. Five Christmas trees. (laughs) All right. And then for me, it's a pretty huge dip when we go to 2011. Wait, wait. We didn't say cups of tea. Oh, I... I said five. We did. We t- I said at the beginning. Oh, five. I said five. Okay. Because it's Dickens. Yeah, yeah. You can't be Dickens at being British. English. Yeah. He's Dickens, for Christ's sake. I, I did knock it down to a 4.5 only because it didn't play, take place in actual Victorian London. But this is... The, but how British is it to think that all of your colonized mm. planets in the future will look exactly like Victorian London? Yeah. That's fair. Never mind. Full five. Oh, five. <laughs> All right. Uh, 2011 was a big dip for me personally. That was The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe, which I have ranked as my worst, my 13 Damn. out of 13. Uh, what did you guys put it? 11 out of 13. I I have it as seven just because it is so Christmassy. Like it's not a good episode but I could totally put this on on like Christmas Eve or whatever and just like be fine with it you know. Right. I mean this is an episode with like no stakes. Yeah. Yeah. And like no tension other than like this really artificial like they wandered into an alternate dimension world portal and then it's gonna acid rain in like an hour if they don't get yeah. under some shelter yeah and it's like it seems like that shouldn't be too hard to do to <laughs> yeah. just find some shelter i mean it, it's it once again tries to do like another i mean this one's significantly less christmasy but it does like the line the witch in the wardrobe obviously it's like the oh, it's object right. too, but it, it's not nearly it's pretty british yeah it's not nearly as well it's done. very british but it's not it's not a christmas story that uh, I, I mean i guess it is there's a santa does show up in Li- uh, lion witch in the wardrobe right? well, it's not like know. santa exactly but sort of yeah father like christmas. a father christmas type figure right uh so so i guess like the book is just more christmasy even than this where it's just like oh there's there's a christmas tree that grows naturally which is come on yeah what do you mean come on i don't know it takes place on christmas he's lured in with presents yeah. they go back and have christmas dinner together it's very christmasy yeah, yeah and and, and, the and world... it's like a pine forest yeah the world they go into is like christmas world yeah <laughs> it's all snow and pines like that's very but... christmas and it's like takes place during world war Two with like, yeah, that's very British. Like, it's very British. Uh, it's very... Cr- this got a five out of five on both Christmas trees and Cups of Tea for me. All right, fair point. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I gave this one a five out of five on Britishness and a four out of five on Christmas. Yeah, just because it's not, like, a particularly Christmassy narrative. Because it's more about, like, coping with the death of your husband who didn't actually die. <laughs> yeah, it is very British because it's, like, Narnia and it's, like, World War Two and it's... Yeah. yeah, so it's definitely... Very- 
extremely British. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just ultimately this episode is just very forgettable. It's a deeply forgettable episode. I yeah, would say. it's it's middle of the pack for me. I think for that reason. Also, they just have all this weird stuff about like I think this was in like a period where Moffat was like getting criticism for being sexist, and so he wrote in oh, like this thing about women being strong. Like yeah, oh, so according to this tree species on another planet, women are actually strong and men are weak. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, and then it's like they need a mom to transport them with this yeah. magic crown. No. And the trees turn into like a wooden man and a wooden queen. It's very weird. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah, it's not it's not great. And it's also just like not necessarily like like I I'm not gonna say you can't do something interesting with this idea, but like I think like probably being like, No, I get that women are strong. I mean they're mothers. <laughs> it's just like not not necessarily <laughs> being a mom's heart. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know. And the kids are just so forgettable and they yeah. have no personality. Yeah. And then the doctor just spends the whole time being so season six, season seven quirky. <laughs> like too quirky. Like he's so flanderized and, and un, unwatchable. Yeah, he's so quirky. Yeah, I mean, he just, his quirkiness just gets too off the rails. Yeah. Someone needed to rein him in. Yeah. He's so yeah. good at season five and by the end of uh, season seven, he's so bad. <laughs> All right, next on the list is 2012, The Snowman. Or The Snowman, excuse me. <laughs> um, the Snowman. <laughs> the snowman geez where do you have this ranked i have it at nine me too i have it at 12 wow okay yeah i don't think that's i don't think that's un unwarranted i mean like this is during a point where clara literally is still not being defined because this isn't even technically clara yeah, yeah. yeah this is another clara from when she jumped into a time hole and got split into a million pieces but we don't, but we don't know that yet david <laughs> That's true. So they were still trying to define her and like we're doing a terrible job of it and they have this was the introduction of Vastra and Strax and those? Yeah. Well no no no. It's it's they, they were introduced in the uh Good Man Goes to War, but there's like the yeah. there's like That's when right. they become like the, the, the ongoing unit that you're gonna see so way more times than you want. Right. This is when we see where they're from in Victorian yeah. London and where they're based. Where they yeah. go on a, or no, are they in Wales? No, they're I, in I, London. I think they're it was filmed in, in Wales. London. I'm pretty they're sure it's London. I think it was filmed in Wales, though. There, there are things I like about this episode in theory. Like, I like that the Doctor is in mourning, and I like that he lives on a cloud and is, like, isolated himself from the world and is stopped being the Doctor. Like, it's <laughs> it's dumb fan shit, but it's, like, I, I eat that kind of dumb fan shit up. Like, I love the hero retires and then has, like, right. after, like, some sort of tragic trauma or something like that and then, like, gets back in it. Like, that's a good... Right. I, I do like that kind of story. But the snowmen are just such a bad villain. The, the main villain yeah. guy... The great intelligence. The great intelligence, which is, like, some, like, reference to... Uh, a character that no one remembers from like the second doctor and they don't do anything with <laughs> I and mean, i just remember that he says he, winter is coming yeah he does say that and he dresses up as sherlock holmes because this is during a time where moffat was, was really stressed writing two different shows <laughs> and he was trying to say look everybody says that you know my sherlock is written just like the doctor and the doctor's written just like sherlock but actually i write them totally different here i'll prove it and then has the doctor <laughs> pretend to be sherlock holmes and he's a goofball and like can't you know stay on character and can't deduce anything um the 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 villain is played by the, he would go on to play general pride in star wars remember that sure <laughs> guy he was in the uh, episode uh, nine the, the the one that just happened <laughs> 
technically a year ago, but it feels like it just happened. A year ago. Wait, that episode nine came out a year ago? Yeah. Yeah. So he he's like, he, he, he keeps talking about how it's like, this is snow with Victorian values because they're like very uh, individualist and money oriented and yeah. like trying to take over the world because they're imperialist. Probably anti-masturbation too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's smart snow that you have to harvest, but it has it's to dumb, it's boring. obtain the memories of a girl who's scared of her governess dumb. Clara gets fridged again to motivate the doctor, and it's very boring, and who cares? And she's an impossible girl. Did you know she was impossible? She's so impossible. (laughs) She is not possible. (laughs) And she has a secret accent where she's secretly cockney. She's a barmaid slash governess because she has to be two sexual stereotypes about uh, tropes of Victorian women. (laughs) Seeing Clara in season 7 should just break your mind because it is not possible that she could exist and so your disconnect just is going to force your brain to break because you cannot cannot (laughs) comprehend how this character could exist. They're not the same character as in season 8. It's Um, impossible. My my least favorite part of this episode has got to be the one word test that's where the oh, pawn yeah. thing, the pawn thing, the pawn thing is dumb. But I do like the scene where so Clara is talking to Vastra about like, no, no, I was thinking of the veil scene in, in uh, in. It's a uh, totally different episode that you're. Thinking <laughs> about. That's a totally different episode, and it's a much, it's a much better conversation. No, the the, the the one word test is just dumb. right, and even I don't even like that. But it, the but, my, but the point is, yeah, Vastra has worked out this deal with the doctor that if the people looking for his help can explain their problem in one word, one word, and that word happens to be pawn, that will convince him and then he will help them and the word that Clara comes up with is pond. pond in the in the episode I think it's supposed to be like fate is doing it yeah. but in in the grand scheme we learn that oh well she, we just don't know how much these splinter versions of Clara remember from her past life uh, anyway yeah. I, I, I didn't try to make sense of it so I guess she knew that the doctor would respond to the word pond it's it's dumb let's move on I'm gonna dumb. say it's the Christmas fate so what, what how much Christmasness I gave it a plus uh, three Christmas trees. Really? Even though the villains are man-eating snowmen and it takes place in Victorian London uh, in the snow? Yeah, because it's... But it's not really Chris. It's not like Christmas, though. It is Christmas. How is it not Christmas? It is Christmas? Does it take place... Is it not? When do they... Is there a Christmas tree anywhere? Do they say Christmas? Yeah, I don't even know if they say Christmas. I yeah. did put it at a you four know? out of five on Christmas just because it was like snowy Victorian. That's why I gave it three, but it's because they... I don't think they even said the word Christmas. So that's why it's only a three. Well, in terms of Englishness, it's got to be a it's five a, cups of tea. It's for five sure. cups of tea yeah, all the way. Yeah, British five. Yeah, five cups of tea. Because they just keep talking about Victorian values and Sherlock Holmes. Right, exactly. Plus, you know, we get Cockney yeah. Clara and, like, yeah, posh yeah. Clara. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just all British. over the place. It's very British. All right. 2013! Get us out of season seven, for God's sakes. The time of the doctor. Goodbye to Matt Smith. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh yeah. Lord. Goodbye. All right, what's your ranking? I have this at I have this at eight. It's slightly above Snowman, but it's Me too. <laughs> I have this at four. I wow. like this episode. It's garbage, but I like it. I, it's, <laughs> I hate it so much. I like it. I like old. I like seeing Matt Smith and old man makeup. 
I will say to start, Christmasness five, yeah, Englishness five. Really? Is it that English? Is, I don't remember. Think, I didn't think it was. That it's British. not that British. Well, it's but it's the British idea of Christmas. The, all these British Christmas traditions, the, the the Christmas crackers and making a Christmas turkey and meeting with your family on the Christmas and and uh, oh lord, just like going to church on Christmas <laughs> and like all these things. There's not that much, but most of the episode doesn't even take place on Earth. But it's it takes place on a very Earth-like planet that's again looks like Victorian era London and it's a town called Christmas. Like it gets a five for Christmasness. I could only give it a four. <laughs> right. And the doctor acts like Santa. He becomes like a toy repair man. Yeah, but there's nothing I mean to me it's not like it's saying anything about Christmas. It just happens to take place on Christmas. Right. Like it's not No, there's so much Christmas stuff there. I mean it's as Christmassy as uh you know But it doesn't say anything. Like if, if we compare it to a Christmas carol. About Christmas. It's not about Christmas. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that's as important. It's not about Christmas. It just happens to have Christmassy stuff in it. So I, I would give it only a four out of five. I, I can feel that I only gave this two cups of tea. I did not find it that British. Yeah, I gave it two cups of tea too. I didn't think it was that British. I thought it was full British, <laughs> just with all of the all of the references to specifically British Christmas, where you couldn't mistake it for you know American Christmas for sure. All right, but yeah, mainly mainly I just like the episode because I like uh, I'm a sucker for like the I, one I like the trope of like what what does it mean for the Doctor to stay because like that is a thing that like Moffat has built up exploring of like I think each showrunner has to like have some amount of like moral ambiguity for the doctor and it's like okay what makes the doctor kind of do like morally dubious like questionable they question something you could question and like i think moffat really is centered on this idea that well the doctor always runs away he never sees things through like he just kind of jumps from place to place and so like telling the story of like the time the doctor stays is i think interesting and i like i'm a sucker for seeing the doctor like age and become an old man and stuff and i, I like, hate the old man makeup though it's so bad it is bad but i like it i like i'm a sucker for it <laughs> It's as good as uh, as when David Tennant gets old. It's not good. <laughs> in his wheelchair. It's very bad. <laughs> and as dumb as the whole like Doctor Who subplot is, like I think the idea that like it resolves. You, yeah, it resolves. It's like end of time. It resolves. It yeah. resolves. It, you don't need to know. And like the idea that Clara is like talking to the time was she's like, you don't need to know his name because you need to know like like that's not who he really is. Like it doesn't really matter who like what his name. His is. real name is the Doctor. Doctor. And that's all you need to know because the doctor will say, right? And so like that, I think- Trans rights are human rights. Wow. Moffat said trans rights. I don't think that his name is supposed to be, I don't think like saying his original name is dead naming the doctor. No. Yeah, yeah. But it, um, but like a little. Maybe. I mean, you could certainly read it that way. In that if you say it, the world will end <laughs> and he will die. <laughs> Anyway. But yeah, I, I think there's some decent... I think, I like like Journeys, uh, like the End of Time Part 2, I think it's a good conclusion to that era. It's off the walls. There's a lot of stupid shit going on, like the Cactus People in End of Time. There's a lot of dumb shit going on here. Yeah. But I think ultimately for me, it's a pretty satisfying conclusion to the Matt Smith era and to like the, the stupid silence arc. And like, yeah, it's, it's extremely rushed. It's extremely rushed. But so I think rushed. I think it's all right. I'd say like the, the middle of the episode is like mostly okay, but it's what we're really like bothers me is just how obnoxious that first half of the episode is where you've got going to Clara for Christmas and then they're naked yeah. and there's a bunch of jokes about how Matt is naked and then they go naked to church yeah, and yeah. then there's a bunch of flirting with the head of 
of the Church of the Mainframe, and it's she's like the worst written character yeah. in, in like Moffat's entire run. I think yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of very bad Moffat tropes that show up in this one. Much like how I think there's a lot of bad Russell tropes that show up in the end of his uh like end of time mm-hmm. part. Sure. Of time. Yeah, end of time part one and two. I just I I think Moffat's bad tropes bother me more than Russell's because Russell's can be campy fun, whereas Moffat's are just like just like burn my ears <laughs> off with all this talk of like uh yeah I'm a sexy Norwegian boyfriend <laughs> yeah yeah no, and uh, we're making a, a turkey in the TARDIS I don't know that one that part isn't so bad. <laughs> But I just and then they bring the silence back and they're priests and they're dressed up like vicars. Like it's very weird. Come on, this is terrible. Um, the one the one joke that I really like in this episode is is when he's facing off against the wooden Cyberman and uh, and tricks him yeah, by yeah, telling the truth because they're in a truth field. I think that's a creative and interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he's like he's like I just sent a signal that's gonna reverse the way you shoot, so you're gonna shoot yourself. So you got to reverse it first, but then it doesn't work on wood, which he leaves out. So yeah. So he he told the truth, but not the whole truth and uh and that's how he tricked that that cyber man who was made of wood i think that's a fun i think that's a fun solution to that particular problem like i i don't know i think it's a fine enough i like it i like it it's all i'm saying there's there's things about it that work that's why it's not ranked you know 11th or 12th yeah. but i still think it's it's no better than the eighth <laughs> to me it's also like at this point matt smith's doctor had been so flanderized that i was just yeah. ready for him to get the fuck out so i was like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. right and where he's talking to oh where's barnable and handles i'm senile right and and the cyberman head and like it's just ugh, like whatever i don't care end right. it make me excited right. for the new doctor you know and even the setup of like them going to the planet is so derivative yeah. of the end uh the pa- pandorica episode yeah, a little bit. because it's like oh a signal has attracted all of these alien spaceships it's like it's all the same shit <laughs> yeah but i mean i think it's fine to do a callback and then the the the, the weaving angels show up for like half a second just to be like a hey uh, remember right <laughs> well no and, and and i think it also well i think it also does build off the last episode which is time of the doctor which is like okay now the time lords are not dead so like i think it does i think it is relatively small smart world building to the fact that they address that immediately and are like oh well now if the time lords do come back into this dimension like a war will start out and the time war will start out and so like that's what this whole thing has been building up to it's it's very messy it's very rushed but this isn't really the resolution it just explains yeah. no. the silence this is the resolution not of the Gallifrey thing but of the, the silence arc and just explaining why did they go back in time to stop it what I, what, all I'm saying is that I think that um, it's a it, it's, it's, it's it's smart world building you were yeah saying. it's smart world building because it's actually like okay what is the logical impact of reintroducing the time into the world and it ties it it uses that world building to also tie into the silence arc and although i think it's extremely sloppy and rushed i think it's a neat idea is, is what it is right but we we all know that the, the way that they did the gallifrey stuff is way better in the capaldi era yeah, yeah, so yeah. let's 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 move on to the capaldi era already boom please let's do it let's do it uh the next one what year are we in now 20, 2014 2014 and it's last christmas i gave you my heart and the very next day you took it away <laughs> the worst christmas song but continue <laughs> i don't like it very much but last Christmas, I like very much. Yeah, uh, where did you put it on your list? Three. Three. Two. Wow. All right. So this this one made our, our top. High ranking. Yeah. And I mean, it is a very silly episode. It's literally, I mean, and they state this explicitly in the script, that it's it's like The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, but with Santa. 
And that's delightfully bizarre as a concept. It's, you know, the thing from outer space, this shape-shifting uh, alien from, from you know, the North Pole, from the, the coldest place on Earth, and then just a bunch of people trapped in a space station, or, or a research station, trying to figure out what's going on. I, I think, like A Christmas Carol, this one is really good at taking, like, a classic Doctor Who thing, which is, like, the Car- John Carpenter's The Thing, and then also yeah. imbuing it with Christmas in a way that's not just superficial, but it's also examining constructs of Christmas. Like, I personally think that, like, the whole idea of, like, every Christmas could be last Christmas and, like, the that's, like, what makes it so special is that people gather around and it's, like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen next, but at least we're all here together now. I think that's a really sweet sentiment. And then even um, the Santa Claus element, like, the idea that Santa could save you even though he's not real and the fact that mm-hmm. he's not real doesn't mean that he, he doesn't matter. Right, right. Be- believe. <laughs> you gotta believe in the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you believe in the Doctor and you believe in humanity. It's all great. I think both those things work really well within a construct of a Doctor Who story and they also wrap up the season 8 finale relatively well with like the fact that the Doctor and Clara did lie to each other and they have to resolve that and like Danny is dead and has to resolve that. Yeah I mean keep in mind this was still during a time where I mean every year this was a problem but Clara kept having to renegotiate or sorry uh, (laughs) Jenna Coleman kept having to renegotiate her contract and re-up her contract so in you know the snowmen they didn't know if they were going to have her or not permanently and then we also didn't know permanently if we were going to have for uh the you know the next year's christmas special yeah and then this year we were like oh god is she going to be is she going to be sticking around for another season because we've just had them break up i think i think it works i think it works in this case and i i think like even the fake out like because usually fake outs feel very cheap like a way of emotionally manipulative but in this case it's like okay like it is that they get like that is the christmas miracle is that they get a second shot at this thing like it could have played out that they never did reconnect until it was too late but because it is christmas well yeah and it would have been fine you know it, it, I love that that you know the way that Moffat writes often is, is such that like he presents two alternatives such that either one would be a very emotionally resonant ending and that you know that definitely comes to fruition in Hellbent uh, you know next season but I, I yeah I, I love that yeah he says well what if she did grow old and what if she did have her own life but nah we can go out and keep adventuring great be awesome. incredible <laughs> good. yeah I like him so what about Santa, played by Nick Frost? What did you guys think? I'm surprised we hadn't seen him as Santa before. He's very jolly. He's sassy. He's great. Let me put it this way. Look, look. He, he's he's no he's no Kurt Russell in the Christmas Chronicles, but he's he's damn good. Delightful. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I love all the jokes about like you know like well how does he go to everywhere in one night? It's like I've got two sleds. Boom. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you know everyone's making fun of the fact that nobody likes the oranges or whatever, you know, but that's his signature present. It's great. I, I love all the Santa jokes. And uh, canonically, I'm pretty sure there is a real Santa in the uh, in the Doctor Who universe. So he could be real. Ooh. Could be. I, I gave this a five out of five Christmas trees. I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah. got Santa in it and it's on Christmas. Definitely. How many cups of tea did you guys give this? Two. two. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah. It was... It was t- two for me like i give a one i didn't see it as very british at all there's the oranges there's the oranges like there's a few they have a christmas cracker 
they have they have the oranges. It's a specifically British Father Christmas, uh, but yeah, like it, it it is a British Christmas, but it's not. It it, it feels more just like a cultural a, a fact that it was made right. in Britain rather than like an explicitly British propaganda piece. Which some of the Russell things <laughs> yeah. feel very Britishly propagandistic. You're absolutely right. And then what do we think of the the dream crabs and the Inception stuff? Does that work, or is that kind of just a distraction from the stuff we really like? I think it's fine. fine. I, think, I think it's like it serves its purpose, right? Like it's not the ideal. Like it's not like the most beautiful way of doing that thing but like i really do like i think i like the fact that they play around with dreams because one it allows you to do like the the reality stuff with santa being both real and not real pretty cleanly Mm -hmm. but two like i it lets you get into like the psychological stuff with clara and danny and like all the stuff that's going on there and so i think that is uh well done in that respect yeah it is some 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 moffat cliches you know he always brings back the same like three or four ideas dream or not it's the dream lord stuff of not knowing if you're in the real world or the dream world and uh the the way that they solve the problem is literally just by believing that they're in a dream and then they just wake up. So it's kind of an easily solved conflict once they realize what the conflict is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the, the don't think about it is just like the the bank time heist bank episode where you have to not think about what you're doing. Don't think about anything. But one thing I uh, I think I, I think Moffat does this multiple times. I'd have to think about it more to actually like realize if it's a, a trope or not. But like I like it when uh, Doctor Who does this thing where it's like it introduces like kind of a ridiculous concept that tests your uh, suspension of disbelief. Suspension of disbelief, and then basically acknowledges it. And it's like, of course that wasn't real. Like, what are you? What? Why? Why did we believe that was real? That's ridiculous. I, I I do like that kind of stuff where it's just like, oh right, like you are supposed to right. be like, is Santa really gonna? Yeah, right. It's l- like it, much like Inception, commenting on how film tricks you. Moffat right. was commenting on how not how dreams trick you, but how he tricks you yeah. into believing the reality of the world. So whenever somebody says, oh, it's a long story, you just accept it because you're watching a TV show. You don't think, what is that long story or, or, or just i mean just literally the fact that santa claus is there right also that santa claus is there but but but, but i mean there was also narrative things that they kind of glossed over like hold on a sec okay yeah they were being attacked by crabs and then santa bursts in and saved them but we never really saw them get saved. All right, moving on to 2015. Uh, we're, we're getting close to the end here. Yeah. Uh, we have the Husbands of River Song. So this is after Hellbent, after we've, we've lost Clara. And again, we have, you know, the doctor pouting or mourning. Uh, and and then we have him mourning again and dealing with the end of things, the end of the River Song arc, uh, long after you thought it was already over back in uh, The Name of the Doctor. For real. Um, I have this one ranked as number two, right below A Christmas Carol. I have wow. it ranked number two as well, and I, it was very close for me between A Christmas Carol and Husband. Yeah, for me as well. I have it as number four, so it's just outside of my, my top three. Um, but honestly, thinking about it now, I might put it above The Next Doctor at my number at, at number three, because um, it is fun. Yeah, I just think this one is so emotionally resonant that, like, as a Doctor Who episode, and I think we talked about it when we were talking about you know Moffat's writing and Russell T's writing that like this is like Moffat doing Russell and he does it better than Russell um just a little bit uh and and I think the campiness and the fun romp of it all just even though it's not maybe the most Christmassy or the most English episode on here it is one of the best episodes of Doctor Who period yeah and and it was um at a time it was potentially going to be Moffat's last episode and I think it works as a as a closer to 
to Moffat's era because I think uh, like my interpretation of like what I think Moffat's trying to do macro wise with the characters I think with the Matt Smith era he's really interested in deconstructing the failings of the character and like talking about like his vanity and like a lot of the stuff that's brought up in the Russell era and like how he's a god now and like de- and then like the the Capaldi era is more like returning it back to like a sense of normality and like having the doctor become the doctor like this ideal that he strives to and I think part of the thing that really needs to be addressed there is like he can't just be a child that like is unwilling to accept endings and he has to like actually face the consequences of things and, and like I think the the River Song arc is a good way of doing that and I think they do a good job of doing that in that episode yeah I, I just think I, I just think everything about it works the he, he, the introduction of the doctor where he's sort of a grumpy Christmas hating you know goofball uh, you know he doesn't want to have uh, reindeer antlers put on him by the TARDIS yeah. it's so cute he's the Scrooge now he's he's a little Scroogey but then immediately he kind of lightens up and the episode is very lighthearted. Uh, he gets mistaken for a surgeon who's supposed to uh, remove the head of a dying uh, a dying monarch of an alien race uh, in order to steal a diamond that's lodged in his head for a heist and that heist is being orchestrated by none, o- none other than River Song. And, and Capaldi and River Song have so much better chemistry than Matt Smith and River Song. I think they do. They do have good chemistry. I think they work off of each other well. Um, and uh, just the fact that she doesn't recognize him and they just banter back and forth with, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, not realizing that they have a whole history together. Um <laughs> is is very cute and i love a lot of the like world building stuff i guess like we we heard about the towers of derillium in earlier episodes but now we know like how that played out that the doctor took river uh on her big romantic date to yeah. a hotel that he built in the ruins of a spaceship crash yeah, yeah. and then they lived there happily for like 25 years and then uh and then they left and then the events of silence in the library happened yeah it's cute i mean I mean, I feel like this this episode, the only reason I think I, I had it at number four is because this this episode always feels to me like Moffat's apology to River Song for how she ends up getting treated. Yeah. For not giving her a good enough story, yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, I th- I think the entire Capaldi era. I don't know what the fuck happened, but I think there must have been a time between Matt Smith and Capaldi where Moffat actually looked at the criticism that's been thrown his way, like both like the the sexism stuff and like just all like the tropes he's been doing that are just did not work anymore. He just. He stopped writing Sherlock. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think he looked... But I don't think it's just that, right? Because he, he actively corrects bad things in his writing. Not all of it. Like, there, I'm not going to say he's perfect during the call era, but I think mm-hmm. going back to the Matt Smith era, it's like, oh, man, it really smacks you in the face with how bad some of his writing tropes were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Capaldi era is just much more mature. I think it's. I think this is a lot... It's just also a lot more fun. It's, a, it's yeah. less dour. Yeah. And, like, even, like, the kind of forced fun of like the wedding of river song yeah. you know there's it, it feels like someone's pointing a gun at me and saying have fun <laughs> right dinosaurs and stuff flying around it's fun Enjoy and then this it. is like much less like that it's just a relaxed kind of like oh we're running we're doing a heist and now we're in like this big fancy ballroom but you know we're being uh we're being sly and, and negotiating yeah i mean the, the whole plot has kind of a looseness to it that really works like yeah because it's just like the real part of it is the doctor at river 
And like what they're doing doesn't really matter that much. They're just kind of being chased around and they're on a romp and like they're doing random shit. Yeah. But it all flows very nicely, but it's a very loose flow, I feel like. I agree with that. So Christmasness? Uh I gave this one Christmas tree. It's not really Christmassy. One. Yeah, I gave it a two. Two. Well, I just gave anything with snow. Like I don't think I gave anything a one. Like <laughs> it, it is still a Christmas special. Like there is still snow. For you, if there's snow, then t- two Christmas trees. <laughs> He's wearing antlers. He's wearing antlers. Like at the all right, all right. He says, "If there's, if you're carolers, you know, you'll be criticized. You know, whatever. <laughs> you know, there's jokes about Christmas, but it's just not a very Christmassy episode. One or two, I think, is fine. Yeah, Englishness." One. I gave it two. Yeah, I gave it two. I, I don't think this is a particularly British episode. I, I'll, like go, I'll go down to bits. one. I don't think there's anything. I can't think of anything of British that I have in here. I'll give it a one. Cut. Uh, Nardole is very British. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> There, there was an air of Britishness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had, like, they had, like, guest stars, I guess, that were right. British stars. So that, that gets a point yeah. for, for Britishness. Um, all right. And that was, I think, the last good one. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> and, uh, and also, it's one of the best. So yeah. could have gone out with a bang in 2015, but instead we get 2016, the return of Dr. Mysterio. This one's number 11 for me. It, it's down <laughs> <12. there. laughs> Yeah. I really hated this. I ranked it as eight, but I would like to, I would most likely put it down with like a Doctor of the Widow and the Widow, which is like 11. So it's probably closer to 10, yeah. even though I put it at eight. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I personally like Christmasness one for me. Yeah. This is a one for Englishness one. Yeah. It's, or zero even. It doesn't even take place. Right. It's New York. In a British ish place. It's in New York City for no reason. Yeah. 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 It's in New York. Yeah. Zero Britishness, one Christmasness. <sighs> terrible awful but i do like the fact that this episode i believe the title is a reference to the fact that in latin american countries doctor who was at least during the classic run maybe not now i know this because of my dad was called doctor mysterio ah. so i do like that Moffat is alluding to that i like <laughs> uh it's not particularly well done but i think so, like i do like that they at least address like the doctor being sad about river but that's pretty basic like that's pretty like bare minimum mm. I think in the right mood, I might enjoy this episode better than some of the other Christmas. It's watchable. It, yeah, it's yeah. It's not like you can't get to the end of it, but... Like, I, I, it's a weird position for me. I mean, boy, is there just, like, nothing going on here. There's He feeds a magic jewel to a boy <laughs> who wishes to be a superhero, and so then he is, and then they replay the exact plot of, like, Superman 1, or maybe... <laughs> Superman 2 even. Yeah. And oh god. I don't know. It's not it's not a good episode, but I do think it's somewhat fun. I don't There's know. There's some fun aspects to it. Capaldi's having fun during it. He's he's in the mode where he's like about to be in season 10 where he's like a goofball and he's fun. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, eating a yogurt and doing spy stuff and whatnot. But then there's just like weird jokes that really don't land. Like the girl reporter has this squeeze toy who she's like, this toy feels pain. And then it like makes a noise and that's how she interrogates people yeah the the, the squeeze toy is so weird i really don't to this day get it like i just don't understand what we're supposed to be how we're supposed to be processing that scene to be honest right is it supposed to be character building is it supposed to be funny it's nothing but it's just like why does why is this effective like why is the doctor influenced by the squeeze toy because he feels empathy he's he feels empathy for the toy but they don't show that like that it's not like it was like like or something like that when she's squeezing like okay okay stop it's a little bit it's just like not very well shot maybe but it's also just not very well written it's dumb (laughs) yeah it's 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 really confusing and also because it's in america 
the accents are so bad. Like most They're of the American so accents. So bad. <laughs> I mean, the main guy is actually American, isn't he? The guy who played Goku in the Dragon Ball movie. Is that who that is? Yeah. Oh yeah, he is American then, but he still sounds bad somehow. Like he's faking <laughs> his own real accent. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's British. Uh... Like Andrew Garfield uh, in in the episode where he's in New York, he does a better like <laughs> yeah. New York accent than this guy. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the villains they're sort of derived from a throwaway character from the the Husbands of River Song episode because mm. the guy like splits his head open. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, and he's got like a like a holding space in his where his brain should be yeah and so these guys they also have split heads and they have little brains inside that peek out of your eyes like this yeah um it's a bizarre plot uh but i i do enjoy that aspect of it being bizarre and kind of disturbing even for a christmas special bold choice uh but it doesn't go anywhere like the the mis like the replacing people thing doesn't go anywhere. The The way that they stop the big plan to blow up New York City is Superman just catches the thing that was going to blow it up and then throws it into space. Yep. He's Superman. This. He that's did what it. you're supposed to do. Who cares? And then the it's thing dumb. about Superman being a, a, a nanny instead of a, a reporter and like having to, and he's in love with like the Lois Lane type. It's feminist, David, because he's the nanny. Is it? Yeah. It's breaking uh, gender stereotypes. You know, it's just, it's so feminist. It's not. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if it's even trying to be. Uh, I think it is. The, the, what I took away from it is just this whole thing with like, the will they won't they of you know the ghost superhero and then him as a regular nanny and then the girl it's like they i don't know there's no there's no tension to that whatsoever yeah. <laughs> will they or won't they they will like both are very into each other yeah. yeah i mean i think there's a few jokes in there that are kind of funny but like it's nothing that hasn't already been done in other superhero mediums and better yeah like the, the like oh they have to balance the dual identity uh wackiness like yeah that's something that like a lot of superhero works have already done and this is not a particularly shining example of it yeah uh and then maybe somewhat anticlimactic but should we move on to our final (laughs) yeah our final uh doctor who christmas special possibly the last one ever because again we've found that there's there was a one-year gap where Chris Chibnall decided, I'm going to take my sweet time making season 11, and then he decided, no, we're just doing New Year's specials from now on. But you know you know what, David? At least he took his sweet time, because that man, did it pay off that season. <laughs> mm, perfect. Ah, oh, sweet, sweet <laughs> shit. Yeah. But this may be the very last one. 2017, Twice Upon a Time. Uh, where do you have this one ranked, Hannah? I have it at number 10, but I'm reconsidering that. If you too low i have it at six i I think it's tough to place i think it's tough to place i also had this one at 10 uh but i i would understand six i don't know it's like it's hard to place yeah because while nothing really happens in the whole episode the interactions between the the uh the interactions between peter capaldi and the actor playing william hartnell's doctor are cringe but they are also kind of clever and fun and interesting. Yeah, I but mean, they're so cringe. 
They are cringe. I, I think this episode, like, the problem I have with it is, like, the potential for it is so good. Like, it's the final Capaldi right. episode. It's going back to the first Doctor. Right. It's going to be It's a Wonderful Life. And the pitch was, what do It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah. But with the Doctor regenerating, choosing whether or not to regenerate, that has so many implications because what is, you know... Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is kind of a time travel story. It's an alternate history story. So they could have done yeah, they could have done a time travel alternate history of the Doctor if yeah. he never regenerated. It could have been so good. Uh, it could have it could been. have been Turn Left Part Two. Yeah. It could have been amazing. Right, exactly. It's exactly just could have yeah, been it Turn Left. Been an amazing uh, Christmas episode where it's like the Doctor, the first Doctor, and the Capaldi Doctor go down like the timeline of where the Doctor didn't doesn't regenerate after his first iteration or something like that, and then you see like all the uh, yeah, and you just get to consider all of the difficult decisions he's made yeah. it could have been such a love letter to the fans like yeah you know the fans of classic who like you could have even like tried to cast some other doctors you know maybe from behind you know like you don't really see them but yeah it's yeah. like look that's when you were the second doctor and that's when you were the third and the fourth and the fifth yeah yeah, yeah. no there could have been there's a lot of things they could have done this episode instead what we got was like the first doctor and the 12th doctor just like really making way too many jokes about how the first doctor was sexist like yeah and he's just like look at Look here, young lady. I'm gonna smack you in your jolly good bottom, eh? And it's like, did the first doctor even ever say that? I don't, I don't know if he did, but that's... he was. Ve- I, I will say that for this episode, I did actually watch. There was a Christmas special in Old Who. Yeah. Uh, the the it was an episode called The Feast of Stephen, uh, and it was uh, it came out back in 1965. Um, <laughs> in between, like a big Dalek, uh, you know, serial. Um, and basically they just dick around and yeah, the, the doctor is very dismissive and kind of rude and a little bit sexist. So I think, I think that is accurate, but it's just weird to harp on it. Like, look how far we've come when, I mean, Moffat's writing has not been super feminist. It's been passively feminist for like a season at this point. I, I think, I think it's a combination of the fact of Moffat's own like feeling that he's been criticized about this and like guilt and like yeah. I I think like I, I'm not a woman but I think he does get substantially less sexist during the Capaldi years if is my general impression yes uh, but it's still there yeah yeah no no I, I I don't I don't I don't think I don't think he's I, the way I interpret it is that he's overly defensive because like oh fuck that used to be me I used to be like really sexist when I was raising <laughs> so let me just talk about how like we're super not sexist anymore we're gonna have the first woman right. doctor and like it's gonna be great and it's, we're so not sexist anymore guys right we're super not and it's like okay you're trying a little too hard man like you're you're pushing this point a little too much well i mean nothing happens in this episode but not really nothing happened in the feast of stephen back in 65 where they literally just go and hang out with bing crosby and then make fun of his name and Inc- they're like oh well that's they're like running around a film set <laughs> and it's like the doctor and his companion just being like oh can't get caught by the cops yeah <laughs> Yeah, this episode could have been so much, and it ends up being pretty middling, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like, you know, there's all this, like, questioning of, like, the, the Doctor won't accept that Bill is back in hologram form, form yeah. because her brain has been captured by uh, testimony, which is basically just the Tesselecta, but, but, like, good, and, like, they're storing everyone's memories in a big database, so it's also kind of like the heaven from, uh, from Death in Heaven and Darkwater. Right. So <laughs> it's, like, combining all these Moffity ideas, but not really saying anything new. Yeah. And that's a shame. And they make a big point about how, yeah, the Doctor's gotta stick around because there's more good to do. And it's like, I don't know, you haven't really established why he should want to do it, though. Like, right. he's, he's saying 
yeah, I've done a lot of good, but I'd like to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it should have been that by showing the first doctor how important it is for him to regenerate, he acknowledges that anything that he did to not regenerate would also be just as selfish. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's the implication. I just don't think it's done that well. It's just yeah. not executed. Um, and then hanging out with, with the, the Dalek, the the good Dalek from yeah. in, inside the Dalek. Oh, it doesn't Whatever. work at all. It's so bad. Yeah, it's, it's such a random thing to call back to. Like, Yeah. yeah. It's just very out of place, Oof. too, and with the rest of the episode. It just feels so strange the one thing that i really love about this episode though which keeps it out of the bottom two slots for me yeah is the stuff with mark gatiss of all people really i like him i I mean i think the mark gatiss inclusion really ups the britishness of the episode that's true absolutely and and the fact that he's you know he's in it's it's world war one right that's when the one 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 yeah the Christmas Armistice. It's World War One, and they have the Christmas Armistice. Oh my God, that scene is like fantastic to me. That they they push the timeline by a few hours just so that they could have peace. Had it been any other day, it wouldn't have mattered. But because it was, but I think that one's good. Yeah, I think that's a good scene because it's also another scene that's like, well, what is the power of Christmas? And it's like this is a very material yeah. thing where you can show like even in the middle of like a world war, like Christmas could come through and save the day for a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that for me bumps up a very non-Christmas episode to like two or three Christmas trees. Two, two and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it two and a half. Yeah. I think I originally gave it two, but I hadn't really thought about that scene too much. Yeah, that's, I, I would give it a two and a half. Um, I gave it four cups of tea, though. Yeah, it's very British. Yeah, I gave Hell it four yeah, cups. with a, a World War One soldier. It's pretty British. <laughs> very British. And, yeah. And then William Hartnell. And the first doctor. <laughs> Like, you know. Yeah, Yeah, just being so excessively 1960s Brit. Yeah. Um, It's insane. It's very British. So that's that's the last one. Um, why don't Why don't we review just really quick what uh, top top three and and bottom right. of the list is for each of us? Yeah, yeah. My top three were A Christmas Carol, Husbands of River Song, and Last Christmas. And do you want to do yours? Sure. Um, number one for me was A Christmas Carol. Number two was Last Christmas. Number three was The Next Doctor. Um, but you know, could potentially go either way with The Husbands of River Song. <laughs> Right. And Victor? Number one for me was Christmas Carol. Number two was Husbands of River Song. Number three was Last Christmas. So we had the exact same top yeah. three. Incredible. Uh, but our bottom three was, was a little different. Uh, my, my bottom three was Voyage of the Damned, Return of Dr. Mysterio, and the worst one was Dr. The Widow and the Wardrobe. For me, I had uh, number 11, The Return of Dr. Mysterio. Number 12, The End of Time Part 1. And number 13, Voyage of the Damned. Uh, for me, I had number 11, The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe. Number 12, The Snowman. And number 13, The Voyage of the Damned. Yeah, so, I mean, we we all had Voyage of the Damned in our bottom three. But other than that, I think I don't think there were any other things that we all had. No. Well, you and I had a couple in the middle there at like eight and nine. I think we had similar. Yeah, but I think Victor had different ones. That's true. Than, that's true. Than the two of us. So I'm saying that was, <laughs> we all agree Voyage of the Damned is trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't agree on how trash it is. And we also don't agree on the other two exactly where they fall trash wise. Ba- ba- basically, there's like three I really, really like. I really like the top three. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few that I think are like pretty decent. Like I know they're in the top half, but they're, I don't know what order. Top five. Yeah. What order it is and then there's just like a bunch of stuff that i, I is just bad but like depending on what mood i'm forgettable, in forgettable you yeah. know it's a year that we may want to forget even 
<laughs> yeah, like, the, depending on what mood I'm in, I might enjoy that episode more than another episode, but it's, like, it's all, like, yeah. kind of mediocre. Very and there's Voyage, Voyage of the Dam, which is just, I hate, I hate Voyage of the Dam. That, that is at my bottom. I, that's... Yeah. But I think where Doctor Who shines in terms of Christmas specials is, first of all, you can write a damn good episode of Doctor Who and happen to set it on Christmas. Mm-hmm. And number two, you can have a really solid commentary on, on what Christmas means yeah. uh, in a way that I, I rarely see elsewhere. I think there were, there's, like, a, a community episode that I think has a good take on the meaning of Christmas. There's, uh, I think Phineas and Ferb maybe has like a decent <laughs> take on it. Uh, but like most shows will just be like, what's Christmas about? It's about being with people and yeah. being generous and giving presents to other people. I think, I think that's something unique to Moffat. I, Russell, I don't really think ever tackles Christmas as like the central thematic. No. Well, he just wants to write a good fun episode, yeah. you know, which I can respect that as a goal as well. Yeah. Write a good yeah. fun episode and I'll be there. I'll, I'll, show, I'll show up. But we all agree a Christmas Carol is the best. Yep, Christmas <laughs> yes. Carol is the best one. <laughs> I'm just so happy that we didn't have to fight about that because it's right. so good. And if you guys are, if anyone's mad that we left out season one's and unqui- The Unquiet Dead, which was Dickens and did take place on Christmas, it was not aired on Christmas. Right. So it doesn't count. Right. <laughs> And also, it's garbage bad. Turn left encompasses a lot of Christmas too. That but, is totally you know, because it, it happens to it happens to reference all the invasions of Earth, right. which all tend to be on Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you and your families continue to have a uh, safe and merry holiday, and that you and a happy new year have a great new year that will hopefully be much better than the one we have all just experienced together. <laughs> we'll see. Or if it's worse, we'll at least be more prepared. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we actually are prepared for maybe even even worse Doctor Who because uh, we're going to be recapping the New Year's special uh, after it airs. That'll yeah. we'll get that up as soon as possible. So look forward to that, and we <laughs> will see you in the in the twenty twenty one in twenty twenty one. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, thank you so much, Victor, for being here. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can find us online at Talking Tropes. Uh, on Twitter, and please comment, like, subscribe wherever you have found this. If you're listening on a podcast app or if you're watching on YouTube, and we love and we love Twitter abuse. So if you really want to, you know, rip us a new one on why you thought the Runaway Bride was the best Christmas special ever made, and why Catherine Tate is a national treasure. I- I will say I've also seen some very some uh, you know like listicles that put a Christmas car a Christmas Carol at the bottom. So you know if you just want to have that wrong opinion, come at us. Let's let's talk. Tweet at us. We will respond. I promise. <laughs> See you later. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Bye. Bye all. It's London on Christmas. Don't you know that's always when they the aliens invade? Ah, oh, sweet, sweet shit.